This is the FM Gold channel of All India Radio. In the program News Analysis, now we bring you a discussion on significance of Indian diplomacy in the current scenario. The participants are Shashi Uban Tripathi, former diplomat, and Nilova Roy Chaudhary, journalist. We are talking about the aftermath of the Pulwama terrorist attack in Jammu and Kashmir and the fact that on the 26th February, the Indian Air Force went in and essentially took out terrorist training camp of the jaish e which claimed responsibility for this Pulwama attack. I want to know from you, Shashi, what exactly is the role of diplomacy in a situation today where Tensions have escalated, but hopefully they can be diffused with some deaf diplomacy. Nilova, our approach has always been to go the diplomatic route. But we have been fighting terrorism from across the border for so many years now, ages now. And we've been crying ourselves hoarse that this will not be restricted only to our subcontinent. This is going to have worldwide implications. By now, I think our diplomacy has worked well enough for the world to become aware that this is the truth, that Pakistan is harboring not just terrorists, but their terror camps. Their training, their funding, all kinds of encouragement are being given to these terrorist groups and entities by the Pakistani establishment. Now, this has become known worldwide, and this, I think, is goes as a credit to Indian diplomacy. So, on the one hand, you have Pakistan, who's been isolated on this uh, issue. And you will see that, the proof of that was, that when the attack on Pulwama happened, the Jashya Muhammad and their uh, leader, Masood Azhar, he laid claim to having done this. So, they took responsibility for it with great glee. When that happened, then India, in self-defense, carried out a preemptive strike on the Balakot training camp of the jaish e Mohammed. So it was, on our part, it was not an aggression at all. It was a fight against terrorism. I think as our Minister for External Affairs also said, that we are not fighting Pakistan, we are fighting terrorism. And that is where the emphasis lies. In fact, uh, the Foreign Secretary the other day also, when he made the statement confirming the fact that India had actually gone in and struck these terror camps, he repeatedly made the point that there was very credible evidence that these people were going to be attacking India again. So the need for a preemptive strike, I mean, it was absolutely vital because we can't just keep losing our people like this all over the place. So a lesson needed to be sent out that India was going to act in self-defense and this was the neatest and cleanest thing that it could perhaps have done. When there was no species of collateral damage, you took out a particular set of training camps which these people produce, all of these jihadis to come in and kill people all over the place and we came back. Now, Pakistan striking back, ascending its Air Force across yesterday, in which unfortunately one of our officers fell into POK-occupied Kashmir territory and has been taken prisoner. The fact remains that what was Pakistan retaliating for? We were not going against their military installations or civilian ones. We were taking out a terrorist group. So why did Pakistan feel the need to retaliate the way it did? And now what do you think is going to happen? 
तो यू कॉन्ट कॉल इट रिटेलिएशन एट ऑल इट इज एन एक्ट ऑफ एग्रेशन एंड दैट हैज बिन रिकोगनाइज बाई वर्ल्ड पावर्स इन फैक्ट द यूएस गेव अ स्टेटमेंट सेइंग दैट वी आर विथ इंडिया ऑन दिस दे हैड एवरी राइट टू एक्ट ऑन द टेररिस्ट कैंप्स सो वेदर इट वॉज द यूएस और द यूके और इवन फ्रांस दे वर विथ इंडिया इवन चाइना डिड नॉट रियली गो आउट ऑफ इट्स वे टू प्रोटेक्ट पाकिस्तान ऑन दिस सो इट वॉज क्वाइट वेल अंडरस्टूड ऑल ओवर द वर्ल्ड दैट पाकिस्तान सेंडिंग इट्स फाइटर प्लेन्स इन टू इंडियन एयर स्पेस इन टू टेरिटरी एंड बॉम्बिंग बिकॉज दे डिलीवर देर पेन ओवर देर दैट वॉज एन एक्ट ऑफ एग्रेशन नाउ नेचुरली इंडिया कुड नॉट फिट बैक एंड विथ इट्स हैंड्स ऑन इट्स लैप दे आर फाइट आर प्लेन्स मिग ट्वेंटी वंस वेंट एंड दे एंगेज दीज फाइटर प्लेन्स इन अ फाइट एंड इन दैट वी लॉस्ट वन मिग एंड आर पायलट हैज बिन कैप्चर्ड एंड दे लॉस्ट ऑल्सो एन एफ सिक्सटीन एंड आई बिलीव देयर पायलट बिल्ड आउट नाउ द थिंग इज दैट देर our pilot being in their custody they were using this for pr points and also going by pakistan's track record they would have used him as a pawn but we did not allow that to happen in fact various sources in the government very categorically said that there was no way that there was going to be any deal making over this and if pakistan thought that they could make a deal over wing commander abhinandan it was not going to happen and he had to be returned unharmed unscathed totally safe and immediately so the point has gone across because i believe prime minister imran khan has now said in the national assembly in pakistan that he is going to be returned tomorrow so to that extent there has been a small diplomatic way forward i suppose oh, which would allow the way for talks or whatever the next stage uh, that you think might be the case pakistan also it has dawned on them that they cannot use this pilot as a bargaining spot they would have liked to do that to bring india to the negotiating table but because india acted with so much firmness and said we are not going to talk unless two criteria or conditions are fulfilled one our pilot must be returned safe and immediately and secondly credible action should be taken against these terrorists and their infrastructure until and unless that happens there's no point in dialogue mm-hmm. so i think pakistan also understood that this time india means business and this kind of uh, tactics will not work you see their tactics their strategy has been to guile india into talking across the table pakistan has decided to return wing commander abhinandan now would obviously help in somewhat de-escalating the problems but as you very rightly said what has to be done now is for pakistan to take verifiable action against these particular terrorist groups and when it's verifiable action that would be very apparent if they actually did it and what is the way ahead for indian diplomacy and diplomacy worldwide Pakistan can no longer fool the world that there are no terrorists in Pakistan there is no infrastructure all this denial which has been going on for so many years now doesn't work and you must have seen that they've moved this resolution again to brand Masood Azhar as a terrorist his organization Jaish e Mohammed has already been banned but he's been carrying on and Pakistan has been allowing him to go around making incendiary speeches against India against every democratic uh, value and uh, so but now with this resolution we have to see what happens next and this also is a feather in India's cap to get major world powers to back 
is contention that terrorism is being bred and supported and nourished across the border of India. We just have to see what China's attitude now, because previously they have vetoed this ban on uh, Masood Azhar. The point is that China perforce had to come on board and completely condemn the act in Pulwama just less than 10 days ago when, uh, you know, they were initially dithering about naming Pakistan, but they perforce had to because world opinion has gone so badly against this kind of an action. So India is gradually gaining some brownie points perhaps. In the event of this man being proscribed, how does that actually work diplomatically in our favor? What happens is that uh, as of now, as I mentioned, he is free to roam around in Pakistan and to carry on his terrorist activities. Also, it's very interesting. These activities are carried on under the guise of trust and also charity organizations. Meanwhile, this organization, jesh e Muhammad, along with the other one also, lashkar e Taiba, even the Taliban, they all get massive donations. Not just that, they are all into businesses and jesh e Muhammad runs businesses on in real estate, if you please. So that's where their money is coming from. Now, once this ban applies, then all these things will have to stop and his assets will have to be freezed, not only in Pakistan, but also abroad. You mean he actually has assets abroad? Oh, yes, absolutely. Their fangs are spread all over the world, I can tell you. I believe there was a little fear in Pakistan after this whole Pulwama episode and the fact that they were sure that India was going to take some species of action against these terrorist groups, that they actually removed all of these people from this particular seminary in Bahawalpur, which is the headquarters of Jaisha Muhammad, and they moved most of these people to this place in Balakot, which we subsequently bombed. But this man, like Hafiz Saeed, is apparently taken by the Pakistani security forces and moved between madrasas here and there in crowded populated areas so that he cannot be taken out by agents, kidnapped by them. That's what we've been calling the revolving door policy of Pakistan vis-a-vis -vis these terrorists. You take them to one safe house, then you take them to another safe house. And for the this thing of the world, to show the world, you say that they are under house arrest. But everybody knows that they are absolutely free and they are moved from one safe house to another. Point is, I think part of the reason that Pakistan thought that it could get away with all of this this time was that the Taliban are in talks with the United States to get out of Afghanistan to bring some peace in that country. So Pakistan in the process of trying to regain its international sort of credibility, credibility mm -hmm. and, and sort of usefulness for want of a better word, decided that nobody would touch them or censure them for something like this. Unfortunately for them, despite all of their requirements by the United States for the Afghan negotiations, things have backfired somewhat for them and everybody has condemned them for what happened in Pulwama. So do you think that there might be a change in the kind of game plan that is adopted now? Will Pakistan continue to sort of bleed India through a thousand cuts as it wanted to or do you think they'll have to change their strategy? One positive sign that I see is also that people within Pakistan, Pakistani, not just intellectuals, but also thinking people, they are beginning to voice their concern about the country 
holding its entire population to ransom for the sake of three or four terrorists and their groups. We have to see, Dilova, if there's been a mindset change in this section of the establishment, the army and the ISI, and whether it has come home to them that this policy that they've been following of a thousand cuts is not going to pay. But we have to wait and see. As they say, they'll have to walk the talk. The foreign minister has been saying this and trying to make Pakistan's invincibility, as it were, given its positioning for China, the how necessary it is for the Afghanistan peace talks, so how important they are for the United States. They've been, again, trying to revive these things to try and brush this whole terrorism issue under the carpet. And do you think that they're likely to change somewhat on that front given the way I don't think they ever imagined that India would actually take this kind of action against terrorism. Does this change this paradigm shift as it were does it change the way things will be perceived? I think at least there is one understanding that must have gone across that India means business that it can't be the usual kind of verbal give and take no this time India really means business. This message should have gone through how far it will stay in their minds, I don't know. We will have to wait and see. But please remember that even economically, Pakistan is today in a very bad way. They are in a bad situation. They are almost cute. They are a basket case. They have foreign exchange reserves which can pay only for one month of exports. And for any country, that would be a very, very worrying thing. They have gone with a begging bowl to China, to the United Arab Emirates, to Saudi Arabia to get some money to pay the World Bank and the IMF. So considering all that, if they're, they're, they're thinkers or their policy makers, they should uh, think that it is only in their country's interest to put a lock on this uh, terrorism, do not to use terrorism as a state weapon, which they've been doing so. And once they do that, there is only progress for them. Thank you so much. You are listening to a discussion on significance of Indian diplomacy in the current scenario. The participants were Shashi Uban Tripathi, former diplomat, and Nilova Roy Chaudhary, journalist. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website, newsonair.nic.in. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at gmail.com.